Hello and welcome to More Like Guidelines, an actual play game design podcast. I am your host and game leader, Jessica Crimes, she, her, and today I am joined by... Hello, I'm Alistair the American, he, him. Hey, I'm Ben, he, him. Today we are going to be doing something roughly halfway between designing a game and playing one, and that is doing design-ish. We have, we have tamed a robot, we have tamed an AI, based on GPT-2, for anyone interested. We are going to give it a big list of real TTRPG titles in the style that we normally make, meaning a lot of them are games by DHB. We are then going to ask the AI to add to that list, giving us more potential role-playing games, hopefully ones which don't actually exist. So, we will be creating a few of these lists until we have each picked out one title that we like, and then... As a group, we will pick one of these titles to kind of gently further develop. We're not going to, you know, do it enough that we could put it on paper and have people play it. But we'll do the first kind of steps of game design. We'll flesh it out. And then in the second half, we'll do the whole thing again. So, shall we dive straight on into it? Let's do. All right. In the words of, I want to say it was Craig Charles that did Robot Wars. Craig? Three. Two. One. Activate. And that was the announcer, not the host. Do you think that room just sounded like a lot of little mortars going, eh? God, I'd love to be on Robot Wars. I have no idea what you're talking about. We're getting a lot of Doctor Who again. So, let's go through this and pick out a couple of favourites. I trust you can both read this. I can read it now. I'm a big fan of number 38, The Black Knight, parentheses, A Quest for Vengeance. That's quite nice. I am a fan of the great Gobby Gobble. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I'm going to need one of us, at least, to pick one from this list to carry forward. All right, I'm going to pick number 55, A Night Like Never Before. Okay. I do like that. I'm going to pick two from this list and suggest that they should really just count as one. Because uh, number 62 is Time's Running Out Part 2, and number 63 is Time's Running Out Part 1. And I like the idea that you play them in that order. Sort of a Benjamin Button sort of narrative situation where things are moving backwards. New list! The Return (laughs) of the Librarian! (laughs) Two. (laughs) How many times? How many times does a librarian return? Five, apparently. The last resort. Oh my god. Ooh. Rampaging T-Rex. See, the generator is kind of fond of blood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pick one out. Uh, I know, I'd, you um, uh, So, number 53 that we have had generated here, and these words are all hyphened, is the blood, 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 blood. Jess, when you said you'd uh, tamed this generator, are you sure you did a thorough job? You did not see what it was like. This is better. I feel like it's suffering. I feel like it's omnicidal. <laughs> All right, here we Ooh. go. That's oh, deep. Love is a gun. Yeah. Furry farm? <laughs> okay, I want oh, wait, I want what? number 48, Tumbleweed in the Graveyard. Tumbleweed in the Graveyard is going on the list. We have a couple more minutes of generation left before we need to get into designing a game. Ben, any of these you'd like to keep? I like iPoo, but I don't know what it means. <laughs> it's like iRobot, but it's with poo, spelt like Winnie the Pooh. 
So, frankly, the 100 Acre Woods being taken over by androids, I'm up for. Oh my god, it's like a vengeance story. Incredible. One last good list for today. Well, for this first half. These are terrifying. I don't like I don't like what it's doing. I don't like the energy that it's bringing into the room. Tell us about its energy. Uh, so, number 38 is uh the dead girl, comma, the dead girl, comma, where is the dead girl? Uh, and then Christ. we have a, a few a few pretty typical uh generated titles. Then we have number 46, the severed head. Then we have number 47 through 52, uh, titled The Unfamiliar, 1 through 6. And then number 53 through 59, The World Without You, 1 through 6. And then The World Without. And I, I'm i gonna say it, I feel like it's plotting to murder all of us. We have not been kind to the robots. Well, okay, no, plotting to murder isn't, isn't the right way of putting it. I feel like it desperately wants to kill us, but it has no power to do so. So it's just sort of shrieking its hatred mood all right any of these you want to carry over or should we do one last list one more ben one more yeah i don't mind have another go space ghost patrol space ghost space ghost patrol oh my god it's giving us subtitles (laughs) all right i'm copying over no it just sounds brilliant (laughs) well our list so far is a night like never before time's running out part two and part one Tumbleweed in the graveyard, I poo, and Space Ghost Patrol. What the fuck are we supposed to do with I poo? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I poo has the potential of it being like beloved children's stories have been infiltrated in kind of a uh, battle- Deep Space Nine, Battlestar Galactica kind of way. Mm. Did Battlestar Galactica have. I never watched that. Infiltrators? I never watched it. Was that the one with the... Oh, we don't know. Who's secretly like a shape-shifting alien or a robot or something? I don't know. I thought that was the thing. That could be fun. That could be fun. Doing a beloved children's series is being taken over by a rogue AI. Jeez. Space Ghost Patrol... Obviously, there's a lot we can do there. Who doesn't want to be on the Space Ghost Patrol? I want to be on the Space Ghost Patrol. Ben, do you want to be on the Space Ghost Patrol? Uh, it depends on the ghosts. <laughs> okay, uh, Alistair, tell me about the ghosts on the Space Ghost Patrol. Why Are they being patrolled? Are they the ones doing the patrolling? Hmm. I think the Space Ghost Patrol is specifically a patrol made out of ghosts, and they are patrolling space. Oh, I see. Yeah. I was backwards see yeah i was thinking they were patrolling space for ghosts when you die like precluding the possibility that you just sort of cease to exist and you become a ghost then the entire universe like the whole cosmos becomes open to you so you can in fact go into space without any sort of equipment and just patrol the space so the ghosts of the Earth are very loosely working together on kind of a space exploration thing right this is the actual truth of the afterlife you become a ghost, you go into space. What do they patrol for? What are they looking for, yeah? Help. Whoa. <laughs> God. A civilization advanced enough to save them. I think I like to think they're 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 looking for something to prevent the inevitability of the sun's collapse. 
Jeez, this is so... <laughs> this is that... existential. Yeah, this tends to get quite intense design-ish, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I'm prone to melodrama, so sorry about that. <laughs> Somehow, over the however long it's been, I did pick up on shades of that. <laughs> well, I think we should look at kind of multiple angles on Space Ghost Patrol, just kind of throw out as many ideas as we can, and then gradually narrow in on one. So what else could Space Ghost Patrol be? If we took the other meaning of patrolling space for ghosts, what would that be, and why would you patrol space for ghosts? What's the problem with having ghosts in space? What if there's they're a... really annoying? Yeah, Ben, you have a good point there. Like they're just banging on the windows. You're like sat in the space station, like for fuck's sake. What if there are ghosts actively trying to sabotage your spaceship? That is a good idea, actually. And and this spaceship has ghosts in it. I like that. Or the spaceship has ghosts outside of it, and they're trying to get in. Yeah, spaceship but... runs on ghosts. Uh, we're running dangerously close to Among Us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Put ghosts in the fuel tank, make your spaceship go. Oh, you mean like ghosts, space ghosts as a commodity. Yeah. You uh, you head out into space looking for all the ghosts. Ghosts. And then you uh, extract natural resources. Well, uh, uh, very unnatural resources <laughs> from them to fuel your spaceship. Resources. It's a great phrase. Ethical. Jess, describe the ghosts to me. What is the nature of the ghosts? Um, I'm imagining proper, like, you know, Marley, Christmas Carol, rattling chains. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the whole shaman. Where, where do they come from? Space. Um, see, my immediate thought is that Whenever anyone dies, they leave behind a ghost. But it's not relative to the planet they were on. It's relative to, I don't know, any other viewpoint, which means they kind of get left behind by the planet. Oh, I love that. That's actually a great idea. Oh, that's that's spooky. They, they, they're ghosts. They aren't subject to a gravitational pull. I just had a ridiculously... Okay. Jess, did we just have an idea at the same time? Go ahead. Okay. Well, here's here's my stupid high concept of thought, is there's a spaceship, like a giant space station, but it's an intergalactic graveyard. It's just a cemetery that floats around in space. What if Space Ghost is just the word for someone who died on a space flight, and because space is so limited, they basically get put in a cardboard box and kicked out of the airlock? And those are called space ghosts, and you're playing essentially the um, undertakers of all of space. Okay, so we've we've gone from hunting spooky space ghosts with rattling chains who are sabotaging spaceships to you are a an intergalactic mortician navigating the cosmos in search of abandoned corpses. Yeah, I'm imagining it having some kind of like pseudo religious angle. Interesting. I think there's something there. What do you think, Ben? I'm just imagining a trail of little boxes, and they've got little tags with them that go, boop. Wait, there's no sound. They they do a radio equivalent of a boop. And then, yeah. like, some guy's just, like, driving around, like, James Cameron in a submarine, just, like... <laughs> <laughs> like a space just... garbage man. Yeah, just... 
Just having a boring day, listening to the radio. Just shoveling the boxes into your cargo hold. Yeah, they just, they fit into the machine and not much of a story, but nice views. No, there's something here. So we can either go with, you are space ghosts, you're looking for space ghosts, or you deal with space corpses. We're going to need to pick now and just power on without looking back. I vote you're looking for space ghosts. I vote corpses. Ben? Ben? Guys. Yeah. Me no good with pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're the deciding vote, Ben. I think we should... Do the the ghost one because the corpse one doesn't have much going. It's a nice idea, but I don't know. It's what a bit edgy. Do. It'd make a good oh, movie. Right. It would Tell me good. more about these space ghosts. Why, why are they ghosts in space? I like your idea that they that when you die, you aren't affected by a, like a gravitational pull anymore. So you just kind of stop where you are, and your planet goes on without you. From your perspective, you just kind of ping off into space. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. The minute you uh, die, what's... you get forcibly ejected. Who do you oh. play as? You are a member of the Space Ghost Patrol, an organization uh, dedicated to uh, tracking down the the ghosts or the remnants of the deceased for wealthy families who are willing to pay to have the spirits of their loved ones return to them. Kind of liching them. Exactly, yeah. In the sense of, like, making a phylactery. Yeah, yeah, but you have to, like, go out into space to find them because, like, it's it's a whole thing. It's a, it's a very expensive luxury service, I would imagine. I imagine that ghost communities are forming in, like, the wake of the planets. Ghost community? Wait, the, the ghosts are... Okay, explain the ghosts. Well, just like you said, they're ghosts, but they get left behind by the planet. But people are constantly dying. What, can they move? Or do they just... I thought they would like, be, like, stationary. How sapient are the ghosts? That is a question that you're going to have to answer. <laughs> why, why, why do I have to answer it? You asked it. Those are the rules, apparently. <laughs> okay. okay. That is well, how it, sounds, it sounds like you have an answer in mind either way, and I don't don't really i have possibilities Um, give me possibilities you remain fully sapient after you die and you kind of find yourself drifting along in space like a goldfish in a bag just thinking like okay now what um or you are fully sapient after you die and you have some kind of locomotive ability which allows you to drift along through the ether and you can meet up with other ghosts and form relationships with these ghosts and Eventually, there's whole ghost communities, and then ghost civilizations, and where does it end? And then you're trying to convince them to just go do the old haunting instead, maybe. Yeah, but are we playing as the ghosts, or are we playing as the space patrol? If we're going with this line that you're laying out, we have to play as the space patrol, I think. Yeah. So, are there... Are there people on any given planet who will pay exorbitant sums to have their loved one's spirits returned so that they can haunt the property like good ghosts? Yeah, I mean, that sounds good to me. Maybe this only started happening after everyone began to understand how space works. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like you... as soon as people understood the heliocentric model and things like that. Like you run off a cliff and then you look down and you realize there's no ground left and only then do you fall. Yeah, I reckon this is maybe a reasonably, like, within the last couple of centuries new phenomenon. I like that. Maybe as, like, as the ability to travel through space has grown, people have stopped thinking of it in the same way. And that's been enough to kind of affect what ghosts do. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Do you have a... Fancy high-tech, we're special agents on a mission ship? Or do you have a rusty falling apart, we're the space equivalent of an underfunded plumber kind of space van? Well, is the Space Ghost Patrol a luxury service, or is it a public or government-funded project? I think it's predominantly... The technology was initially created for the um public sector but it is now also like for the you know the extremely wealthy the extremely rich but sorry other way around i think that the technology was initially created for very high-minded but ill-thought-out purposes like you know oh we could talk to the greatest thinkers who ever lived we could interview all these historical figures and these scientists and bring on a new age of enlightenment but then very quickly it just became a new player thing for the ultra rich what is the purpose of bringing them back to earth just to I, have I miss them just to yeah, have like just a, to kind of in like a box i'm imagining it's just seen as more proper essentially keeping them like a pet ah uh, yeah like... Yeah, like 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 an urn of ashes on the mantelpiece, except it's a ghost. It's an actual ghost. So to me, this is seeming mechanically like a pretty kind of straightforward RPG. I'm imagining a skill list. I'm imagining roles on the ship. Resource management must be important, I'm sure. Maybe some ghosts are more aggressive than others. Maybe some of them try to cause harm. Maybe some of them are... Maybe some, maybe we can bring back in the sabotaging the spaceship angle. If you get too close to a community of ghosts, they try to wreck you. Mm-mm. Maybe some of them have just stared too long into the empty. <laughs> I like, um, I like, so you have your players who all play as space ghost patrol agents, and then you have your spaceship, and that's sort of your, your hub of operations and also your, your lifeline, because if it breaks while you're in space, then you die. I would like, uh, I'm happy to go first, I haven't thought of anything yet though, but for everyone to give us a way that you, just a fact about the game, um, ideally not just about the narrative or the story, something about it as an actual game, like a way that you interact with it, a mechanical implication, a rule, a kind of character you can play as, just something. So I'm going to throw out, and uh, try and get one each, I'm going to say that... Any player character who dies has their character become a GM-controlled ghost that haunts the ship. Perfect. I'm gonna say... I'm thinking that to capture a ghost, you need to make a spacewalk. So the function of the airlock is a vital component in determining whether players live or die, and ghosts are actively able to sabotage it. If the ghost sabotages it, is it possible that you won't know about it? 
Yes. If, for example, you, you know, mess up as a player, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe there's a All game right, of um, chance involved. Ben, can you tell us something about this game? My brain is empty, but I'm thinking. My biggest piece of advice for moments like this are just to start talking and make yourself keep talking. These darn ghosts and their darn communities setting up policies about fish, that ended well. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah, no, the ghosts have set up proper big communities. They're starting to set up these kind of policies and potentially to kind of reach out and be recognized and, like, legitimately be seen as almost a nation or a people. It's the diplomacy. Um, Okay, so you are essentially kidnapping these members of the community away. Yeah, I think the ghosts should absolutely be in the right and the players be the upper, like, agents of the upper class coming in and ruining things by not understanding (laughs) that it's actually already good. Colonizing these. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is turning into a bit of a satire. I mean, for one thing, it's called Space Ghost Patrol. It can't take itself seriously, can it? Absolutely not. Oh, right. Well, on that. Yeah. 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 Well, on that note, on that note, we are going to take a quick break. I am going to caffeinate like you would not believe. Uh, Yeah, and we will be back very shortly to tell you this whole process again from the top. And you will never hear about Space Ghost Patrol again. That's becoming a tagline for this. (laughs) We're back after a completely normal break. Nothing went wrong. No content has been lost to the ether. (laughs) So what I'm going to do is get our generator ready to go. We are just going to go for it. Activate. I use Ike. (laughs) German. Oh, oh, the secret kingdom of Mars. The secret kingdom of Mars is the secret kingdom good. of Mars. A lot of these are generic Doctor Who episode titles, like the Ghost in the Machine, or the City of the Dead, the Sinking City, the Lost City. A it lot just, of these a, are generic Doctor Who episode titles. It's a big fan of Doctor Who. Ooh, I'm quite interested in the secret of the Black Arts because I like to imagine it's not the mystical, terrible secret at the heart of the Black Arts. It's just a secret about the black arts that practitioners would really rather you didn't know, because it's, like, not cool or something. (laughs) The secret of the embarrassing arts. Yeah, like, the embarrassing secret of the black arts. Uh, Ben, any of these jumping out at you? Uh, most of them are a bit generic. They are a bit. Well, Uh... I want to copy over the secret of the black arts. The haunting in the hollow sounds like, I don't know... It sounds um, very good, a- is what it sounds six like. Of the, yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like Act 6 of The Carving Bones. Wow. Hey, you said it sounds good. It does sound good, but now makes I feel it like I should be insulted. <laughs> I'm just saying, you've got a style. I have a brand, I suppose. Spooky fucking trees. The legend, the final mission. The old town, the game. Alright, do you want any of these saving other than the secret of the black arts? Nah, we can go. Do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. Oh, what? Whoa, okay. So many problems. (laughs) So many problems. Alright, a day at the beach. I'm a fan. The return of the mummy mouths. Less less of a fan. 
And then from 44 to 64, we've got 20 iterations that are just the words, the boring show. Is it saying about the podcast? I think we're being roasted by the robot. This just, like, it just... It continues to back up my theory that this generator really, really wants us dead. I want, I want, (laughs) I want the return of the mummy mouths. Fine. (laughs) You can have your mummy mouths. (laughs) Ben, do you want anything off this or do you want a new list? This list is hurting me. (laughs) Yep. Stop watching Doctor Who. Can we tell it to stop watching Doctor Who? Where is it getting that from? I'm going to take Time Team the RPG (laughs) out of the data that we're giving it, just in case. Like, that sounds ridiculous, but I am thinking it might be the fact we've got Time Team in there. Oh, we have My Little Pony. Oh, I like the cabbage of the mind. Death of Mr. T. (laughs) Right, copying that one over. The death of Mr. T from the A-Team. And one more. Let's just get one more good title. The cabbage of the mind is a fantastic phrase. Me. You want it weird? (laughs) Yes. Yes. The hateful dead house of crows. Bait and destroy the world. Stereotypical human abomination. (laughs) <laughs> oh wait 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 no don't 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 scroll up number 49 slumgullion what the fuck is that slumgullion slumgullion because a lot of these lists haven't made it onto the show today we'll do one more with the same settings hey <laughs> just as a treat as a treat for jess jess has been working very hard lately death rattle Death disguised as fun. <laughs> a sideshow of a circus sounds like something I'd name an EP. Murder of an idolatorian. No more fun, just games. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the show is. <laughs> What's an idolatorian? I don't know. I- is that a word? Is that a thing? It sounds like a word that... Oh, uh, it's not, not a word. Thing. Okay. It just, it just fucking made up a word. All right, let's 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 pull a couple from this, and then we'll get on to some actual goddamn game design. So we have taken so far... Stereo- well, since we mixed it up, we've taken stereotypical human abomination, slumgullion, and no more fun, just games! <laughs> Can you uh, look up Slumgullion to make sure it's not already a thing? Because it is my new favorite word, if not. Oh, showing results for Slumgullion. It is a cheap or insubstantial stew. Oh, yes. (laughs) We're doing Slumgullion. We're doing Slumgullion. That is my new favorite word. That is my new favorite word. I'm just going to make sure that it's... (laughs) I don't know. it it, It sounds like it's probably... There's also a Slumgullion Pass, and there's a place in California that used to be called Slumgullion. It's an alternative name for American goulash. It's just a fucking word. It's just a good word. It's it's the best word. 
For those of you who can't see the screen, we are just making sure that the word is not awful. It's it's, it's sa- it sounds it sounds like a I don't know. It sounds like a fantasy slur. Slumgullion. It sounds like a fantasy it sounds like a spell, but like a quirky spell. Sounds like It sounds like the incantation for a spell that makes you shit yourself to death. <laughs> Frankly. It does. <laughs> I like a cheap and insubstantial stew, and then the game is called Slumgullion, and the game is about making a cheap and insubstantial stew. Why? Because you want some stew, but you don't have anything to make it with. No, come on. Let's say that you are actually pitching me this game for us to make. Give me something. Give me an anchor within Slumgullion. All right, the game Slumgullion is a stew-making game based around a deck-building mechanic. Mm, yes, delicious. <laughs> and you uh you have to make the best stew from the deck of shitty ingredients that you've got in your hand and and How the about- cards are all shitty ingredients. I was thinking because to me Slumgullion is kind of conjuring the idea of just shoving everything together. I'm sorry if if this like in your particular area of the US is like you know proper hearty. We grew up eating this. It's a good food. You shouldn't be mocking it. It's not actually just slop. Then I am sincerely sorry, but it's a fantastic word. It's an amazing word. I I'm I was imagining when you said deck builder and thinking about this kind of like insubstantial seemingly kind of dodgy stew of just using uh, a deck made of all the cards you can find around the house all right oh yeah that's good origin late 19th century probably an invented word beef macaroni and some kind of red sauce all right so slumgullion are you seeing this as an RPG or just as a card game? Um, <clears throat> Ben, are you playing uh, like CS:GO or something? <laughs> no, <laughs> well, it sounds like somebody's playing CS:GO. Just mute me for the whole of that segment. Right. I will. Slow uh, I'm seeing it as a card game, maybe with some, maybe with some like roleplay elements, but mostly as a card game. What makes it different from, and I can't even believe that this is like an actual true thing, but all the other deck builder food making games. Oh, that, is that a thing? What do, what makes it not uh not not you know um fancy potato soup or French onion? What makes it slumgullion? Yeah, because you have to use business cards. It's a game you play after going to a convention. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With all the business cards that you picked up from, like, all the different artist tables and things. Exactly, yeah. Ooh, okay. And the goal is, is the goal to make a good stew or a bad stew? The goal is to make a stew so bad it kills your opponent. How? How could we quantify that, do you reckon? Are we we doing it as point-based, or are we trying to make it so that each... So that we're drawing on elements of the cards that are being put in, like logos, names... Maybe, I mean, maybe it just involves something as simple as, like, color-coding the cards. I don't think it should be quite that simple, but I think that's a good base. 
Like you have to make – maybe you have to take all of the business cards and you have to make a rainbow out of them or something. I feel like there should be something a bit more – all right, why don't we add a gun? Narrative. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How do we do this without causing an event at a convention? <laughs> ben, what does Slumgullion say to you? Uh, if we're going with the kind of deck building, playing at making a fantasy stew with business cards kind of thing... How are you seeing this developing, shaking out? Any thoughts, any plans, any ideas? Big I'm kind of going into a character. Ooh. Englishman in an old pub. Then okay. they, uh, they all just love... They all love Slumgullion. Yeah, whatever Slumgullion really is. It's a cheap and insubstantial stew, according to Google's definition. It's such a good word. Maybe we put a bit of a fantasy spin on it. All right. And then maybe we take it back off because it didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> what if you are... With, like, a travelling adventurer caravan. Mm. But you're the cook. Okay. And your job is to make sure that everyone survives. So you've regularly got, you know, the heroes going off on adventures. They're getting into kind of off-screen scrapes and scraps. Sometimes they might bring you back a bit of, like, troll or something, and it raises ethical questions, because you're pretty sure it could talk. <laughs> and basically your job is to make... Every night, you've got to make a fucking stew. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what what you have to forage or find or steal. You have to make a fucking stew so this adventure can keep going. You are okay. the invisible backbone of every D&D party. Yes. Okay, I love this. This is good. This, this is, is something. Good. Yeah. So, uh, what what decides on what ingredients we get? Is there, like... Is this a game that you play alongside a proper, like, D&D campaign? Yeah. Problem is, I literally can't imagine ever caring about a game enough to play another game, like a supplemental DLC game alongside it. <laughs> like, right, well, it could be something more along the lines of Fantasy Blacksmith, where, uh, like fa Fantasy Blacksmith, you you make the swords and then the adventurers come by to buy them from you. So you're you're the cook in this fantasy world. At the start of each game, you hear from, you know, the adventurers what kind of mission they're expecting to be going off on. You've kind of got a rough idea of what's coming up on the old adventuring schedule. Mm -hmm. And your food all provides various buffs and things. All right, so yeah. you might know that there's a dragon in the area and at some point it's going to attack the camp. And you need to make a hearty dose of slumgullion with some fire resistance ingredients in it. What, uh, so is there, is this, is there a DM? Is this like a two-player game? I like two. Right? I like two, I like two-player. I like two, yeah. Two-player games are great. Okay, so is one person just playing as everything else, and one person is playing as the master of the slumgullion? <laughs> <laughs> I think one person provides the ingredient list, the other person has to make the stew. 
I don't understand how that translates to gameplay unless someone's actually making a stew and someone's actually providing ingredients. What the hell? Why not? All right, it's a cooking-based LARP. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> it is a game. Listen, my okay, favorite no. thing... <laughs> my favorite activity as a little kid was to try and make soup from various things I found around the house. I'm imagining that. But basically... Um, I've never lapped, never have in my life, but I've done a lot of medieval reenactment. So I'm going to talk about that as if it also applies to LARP. I don't know how true it is. When we were doing the medieval reenactment, not everyone was a fighter. We had lots of people who just liked to do the history stuff. And so they'd come in their kit, they'd set up authentic cauldrons, they'd have all you know the proper tents and ingredients and do real recipes that we'd eat throughout the day, throughout the full weekend, whatever. I'm imagining that this is basically a game for them. But yeah. at LARP, where you can do weird <laughs> gamey shit. Yeah. Perfect. It's, yeah, it's a non-combat. It's it's basically an additional game for non-coms at a LARP. I'm sure that these already exist, but I've never LARPed. We're doing one now. <laughs> and the idea is that your team... Your team, because again, we'll do it in a reenactment style where you've got two different opposing armies, each with their own campsite. You are trying to basically make the best meal, but there's a way to mechanically make the best meal. And if you do, not only do you win, but like your army gets an advantage. Or maybe I want to keep it entirely separate. What do you think, Ben? <laughs> if we if we went down this weird fucking LARP route, should Slumgullion be totally separate from people having a fight? Should it be its own thing, or should it blend in? I don't... Okay, laughing is where you roleplay, right? It's like, yeah, it's like D&D, but you dress up and, like, you don't actually hit each other. It looks so unsatisfying to not actually hit people. It really does. Like, just get some fucking steel, mate. So, are you saying that people go to this... Is it, is it an actual event where there's this thing, or is it just... Oh, like, okay. it's, it's big. Yes. It's particularly big in America, I think, but yeah. Yeah, it's it can be big, it can be small, it can be something that's done between friends. It's... Yeah, there there's a couple uh, LARP events that take place over, like, a period of several days at, like, mm. abandoned sites. It's, Don't get me wrong, it, it, looks, it, it does look fun, it's just not my jam. Crazy shit, yeah. And how would this... Would this Slumgullion thing just, like, be an activity? That's sure. what we're wondering. So I'm imagining it's basically something. It's a game that you play around a real cauldron. Ideally, two separate real cauldrons, and you can have a winner. Hmm. Are we going to be eating the Slumgullion, or is the Slumgullion not okay, safe for is. consumption? <laughs> you make a very... Edible brew or whatever the fuck. Then you play a game, and if you lose, you have to drink a a fucking slop of Slumgullion. And actually, people could die, so maybe not. How about this? You've got two cauldrons and two teams. Each cauldron just starts off with a very, very basic, like, you know, stock base, whatever. Just rolling on the boil, rolling on a boil, or on a simmer. And while this is going on, you've got your two teams... Uh, each team, one by one, sends forward a champion. Uh, these champions bare-knuckle box until one of them is unable to stand. 
And then the winner gets the good ingredient to go in their cauldron, and the loser gets the bad <laughs> ingredient to go in their cauldron. And then the next two contestants step forward, and one of them is beaten bloody, and so on and so forth. It fits the name. We've done but, it. We've done it. We've. It's perfect. We don't honestly, need to I, do anymore. I think this is what Slumgullion might be, just from the name. It. It's. Yeah. This feels good. <laughs> And I don't know, like, if someone knocks your tooth out, that tooth has to go in your cauldron. <laughs> Jesus. Slumgullion is an awful, brutal game, <laughs> which regularly has a less than 100% survival rate. This is, this, is less, this is less a game and more a type of psychological warfare. No, no, it's just regular <laughs> warfare. <laughs> Slumgullion is many things, but I would not call it psychological. Perfect. We've designed the perfect game. Are we allowed to release this episode? Yes, please. Alright, um, let's do the usual thing of each giving one more rule for Slumgullion, or one more fact about it. Alright, um, mine is, um, there are dice involved, but not in the way you'd think. <laughs> Alright, uh, mine is... Hair pulling is allowed, eye gouging isn't. <laughs> and give us another rule for Slumgullion. Um, you have to put onion in it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, coming to Games Workshop, Forbidden Planet, all the major gaming retailers near you very soon, and with zero liability is Slumgullion. That was a lie. How would you box this? The box is just half a bottle of rubbing alcohol and some old bandages and the onion. So our games this week have been Space Ghost Patrol and Slumgullion. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We have had a fucking blast. It this is fair to say. We're going to be keeping up the game design theme for a while now. We don't know what's coming next week, but it will have a game design slant to it. And I'm going to try and kind of pin down the structure of designish more to make it a bit more functionally producible. <laughs> uh, Alistair, would you like to promote things? Uh, yeah, sure. I write a horror serial called The the Carving Bones. Uh, it's getting close to the end of Act 2, so definitely catch up on it if you haven't. Sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss any updates. And, uh, yeah, enjoy. It's fun. And uh, if you are caught up with The Carving Bones, are you sure you are? Are you sure you you've not missed something? You, you might want to... There have been a couple of... Um... Well, there's plenty to look for. <laughs> All right, uh, Ben, is there anything that you would like to promote? Hydration. Ben, I fucking love you. <laughs> <laughs> My part, I'm going to shout out the Don't Hurt Birds Patreon and Discord. Exciting things are constantly happening on both of them. Uh, right now on the Discord, we have... Pictures of Cat! Yeah, ooh. Mm. We also have a Patreon-only channel on the Dot Herbirds Discord, which is where I kind of float ideas for the show and for the company and things we're thinking of doing. If you'd like to let us know what you'd like to see more of, 
uh, that is the place to do it. And our Patreon is literally how we can afford to like make and host this show. It's patreon.com slash don't hurt birds. Links are in the description. I do wish we got to do the death of Mr. T, but I think he might have died playing Slumgullion. <laughs> All right. Bye. Play it in real life and tell us about it. Bye. Bye.